Happy holidays once again from the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavana, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. Andrew, by far the wildest week we have had this season in the NFL. Absolutely bonker finishes, some epic collapses, and we're starting to finally see what the full big picture is now. With a couple of weeks left in the season, what this potential postseason could l- deliver for the National Football League. But I don't know what best way to describe what happened this past weekend. Uh, absolute insanity from top to bottom. Thank God we missed last week. Or I should say, thank God I missed last week and Grayson missed last week. And uh, not this week because last week was a little bit anticlimactic. Not, nothing really going on. But this week you had tons of collapses. Huge comebacks, last second wins. Uh, this couple what a teams clinching some playoff spots as well too. It, it, you're absolutely right. This was definitely a good week to come back and watch what was, like I said, probably the wildest week we've had in the NFL, and that is saying something considering how chaotic this entire season has gone. And realistically, with still three weeks left in the season. It's amazing, but there's still a possibility that it could get, it could get even wilder than what we, what we just had. Oh, yeah. I've got some pretty wild predictions that uh, oh no, they, they probably won't come true, but I can try to speak them into existence. So I'm going to talk exactly. about that later in the show. Like Santa but... nicely. Maybe we'll put it in your uh, in your stocking or give it to his I, present. I, I'm going to need I'm going to need God, let alone Santa. There's going to be predictions that come true, but I'm going to help anyway. All right. Fair enough. All right, but let's get started with the 49ers clinching the NFC West versus Seahawks. I believe that was the Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken, right, Nick? That was the Thursday night game, absolutely. Yeah, what an absolute, uh, nothing really too crazy, but a solid win for the Niners. Uh, good win. It's Brock Purdy has been serviceable. He hasn't lit the world on fire. Kind of like when... Um, when Bailey Zappi came in and he did his job for the Patriots, I think Brock Purdy is going to continue doing his job. He's a great game manager, but he's not really a quarterback quarterback, if that makes sense. Well, listen, you got to get Brock Purdy some credit. I mean, he, game oh, absolutely. In, he, absolutely. he went into this game with already injury concerns, so there was a question of maybe would he potentially miss this game. He obviously went through it, the pain, played a great game, 17-26, 217 yards, threw two touchdowns, both of them going to George Kittle, who had a pretty great night himself. Four for 93 and those two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey was an absolute monster in the backfield. He had 108 yards and a touchdown. And the 49ers, they, you know, they win this game based off of their defense. They held Geno Smith in that offense at 13 points. They got a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. Kenneth Walker had 47 yards rushing. And Tyler Lockett was the leading receiver for the Seahawks, but he does go down in this game. So for Seattle, a huge loss for them down the stretch of this season as they try to sneak into the playoffs. But for the 49ers, as you said, they have clinched the NFC West. They are going back to the postseason as the division champions. And listen, despite the fact that they've lost Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and a couple other key players on their team, the Niners are still going as going as you know business as casual right now. They are just continuing rack up wins each and every week and they're doing it in pretty convincing ways this one was realistically all Niners up until the last couple minutes of the game but San Francisco was able to hold on 21 to 13 the final they go to 10 and 4 in Seattle dropping to 7 and 7 yeah uh, I'd like to say thank you so much for playing this season the NFL uh, Seattle but uh, your Cinderella story is over I said a few weeks ago I think right before the Giants game or maybe game I think it's done already Oh, yeah, they're done. They're not making the playoffs. Look at their schedule. Their schedule is not favorable to them. That is true. They're going to probably finish 7-10. and 10. I mean, good for them. They had no one really expected this out of them. They're going to get a great draft pick, uh, let alone from the, uh, from the Russell Broncos, Wilson. Yeah. Game, but, yeah, but the uh, their own draft pick would be pretty good as well. So they're in a really good position. I think it would be good for them to miss the playoffs, get two uh, top 15 picks, really solidify either their offense or their defense. And they can make a hell of a run next year. Yeah, as you said, the next couple of games are not easy. At Kansas City, home game against the Jets, and then a home game to end the year against the Rams. So there's a chance they could win two out of those three. The Chiefs game is going to be really tough considering they're going into Arrowhead. But Seattle, I mean, listen, 
They don't control their own destiny right now. They need Washington to lose, and they still need teams like the Lions to lose. So there's still a lot of things that they need to happen in order for them to get to the postseason. But a loss like this definitely hurts. And even the loss the previous week in which we didn't cover, but the loss to the Carolina Panthers, that was realistically probably was the biggest. Me. That was really this the season ender. In my A lot of people's opinions, probably yours and mine, same. I mean, they needed to win that game alone, and they let the Panthers go on the road and win the game. That essentially ended their season, and this loss did not help. So, Nick, I have a question for you. Is a <laughs> Saturday afternoon game prime time? Considering it's the only game going on during that I would time, consider that to be prime time. It has to be considered a prime time game. But it's also 1 o'clock in the afternoon when the Vikings are playing. That's mistaken, also right? true. That was a 1 so, o'clock game. So this is why Kirk Cousins was so conflicted. In the first half, he was like, oh, my God, it's a primetime game. And then he got to the locker room, and Kevin O'Connell told him, wait a minute, Kirk, this is an afternoon game. He's like, oh, he shit, him, you're right. He gave him Michael's uh, secret stuff like in uh, Space Jam. I think he, I think God himself came down and started playing quarterback as Kirk Cousins just to humiliate the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts one more time. That was the biggest and most embarrassing collapse of all time. It may have not been on the biggest stage, but – that is the most embarrassing collapse of all time in the history of the NFL. Well, it's the biggest point differential for collapses in all time. The previous was a 32-point collapse. Not even the, the differential Houston. itself. The the way it happened. Oh, the way it happened was span. even worse. Yeah. Like, they did that in under half an hour. That's embarrassing. So, you got to remember, the, the Colts going into this game obviously have slim to none chance to make the playoffs. The only hope is winning the AFC South, and even then, Still not like a long shot. Vikings obviously with a win clinched the NFC North. And the way this game started, it looked like they were gonna have to wait till next week. They were down 33 to nothing going into the half. The Colts got a great offensive and defensive first half. They had a blocked punt for a touchdown. They had a pick six from Julian Blackman. It looked like the Vikings were done. They were booing the team. Don't confuse me, Nick. Yeah. They had like 180 yards on offense at the half. I'm like, how the hell is this team up 30 points? That's what I was trying to figure yeah. out. I'm watching the game. I'm looking like there's – if you gave this stat line to any person said, okay, I'm going to give you uh, the first downs, the completion percentage, how many rushing yards and how many uh, passing yards they have, what do you think the score is? No one would have said 33 No one 33 nothing. no. So they Absolutely really, not. really outplayed their hand there and – in the second half, it just kind of caught up with them because, you know what, if the first half and the second half, uh, total yards, kind of looks the same to me. Yeah, I, this was just the weirdest game I think we've ever seen. Because I, like probably most people, turned this game off at halftime. It was 33 yeah. nothing. There's no way the Colts were going to blow this. They found a way. The Vikings offense is as if they turned a switch they just absolutely come back. They they and the different and the funny thing is they still went into the fourth quarter trailing thirty six to fourteen. It's still a three possession game going into the fourth quarter, and the Vikings again, like I said, they just found something going for them. And Kirk Cousins was essentially the biggest reason why this happens. He had a really horrible first half, but his second half was monster. He goes for four hundred and sixty yards, four passing touchdowns, did throw two interceptions on the day. But a big reason why the Vikings got back into the game, Dalvin Cook had a monster game. He had 95 yards rushing, also had a monster 64-yard receiving touchdown, 95 yards receiving for him. K.J. Osborne and Justin Jefferson, both with monster games. Osborne goes for 10 for 157 and a touchdown. Jefferson, 12 for 123 and a touchdown. An absolutely abysmal performance from Indianapolis. And even, you know, pour more salt into the wound, Johnson. Jonathan Taylor gets injured in this game. He's been put on IR. He's now done for the rest of the season. Disappointment all around for Indianapolis as they pretty much are now eliminated from the playoffs. I'm going to say this again, and uh, I've said it once, I'm going to say it again. It's not going to happen because everyone knows it's a two-man race between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, and with Jalen Hurts getting hurt now, Patrick Mahomes is taking that driver's seat again. If you were to give the MVP to a non-quarterback and a wide receiver ever again, this would be the season to give the Justin Jefferson. Yeah, you could tell that because in that first half, Justin Jefferson was was did nothing. He was held to absolutely 
maybe maybe 30 yards receiving in that first half alone. He snapped off in the second half. He looked absolutely fantastic. And he's making, imagine if Justin Jefferson was playing with, let's say, prime Tom Brady. He would look like Randy Moss. Hey, Viking fans are already getting, are already comparing him to Randy Moss the way he's been playing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic. Nothing against Kirk Cousins. He's a great quarterback, but hey, if you gave him someone, even like, let's say he played on the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, you'd, he would have 2,000 yards this season. Kirk was very questionable in this game. He had a lot of very, you know, tough passes. Boneheaded. He had some boneheaded mistakes. But oh he God. he did he did enough at the end of the day to get the Colt the, the the Colts to get the Vikings back in this game. And really, the only person I feel bad for for the Colts is Matt Ryan to have to go through the twenty eight to three collapse, and then to have to go through this. I don't feel bad at all. Well, obviously, you don't feel bad. But I've said it already to a lot of people, and I, I'm going to say it again: Matt, Matt Ryan might need to retire at the end of this season. It is not good for your mental health to have two of the biggest collapses in NFL history under your belt. You know, it's going to suck for him, too. He had such a good career. Um, you can't really say Hall of Fame caliber, but Hall of very good caliber. You should just go into the Hall of Fame just for these two collapses. Yeah, whenever he shows up to a game, it could be in any state. Let's say, hey, let's say the World Cup in four years. It's, it's going to be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If he's in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, right, and during the World Cup, and they say, oh, look, there's Matt Ryan, what are they going to remember him for? It's like, wow, that's the guy who blew the two biggest games of all time. They're not going to remember Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan. They're not going to remember Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan. That's how they're going to remember him. As the guy who, they're not going to remember him by the team or how he played or his MVP season. It's, he's going to be remembered by his lowest moments, and that's really a shame for him, but I guess someone's got to bear that cross. Now my final remark on this game is the what 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 is worse the twenty eight to three collapse or this collapse? Oh boy, uh, I think I know where you're going with it, but statistically speaking, it's this collapse by far. But since it's yes. on, but since twenty eight to three was on the greatest stage in the sport, it's that. Yeah, yeah. You can make uh, an argument for both, and I wouldn't say you're wrong about either though. I think yeah, I I absolutely agree with the I, the 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 stage of the being in the Super Bowl and then that happened, it, that it just it just absolutely still amazes me to this day that it happened in that fashion, but you kind of got those kind of vibes the same way from this past game with the Colts and the Vikings. You you just couldn't believe it at the end of the day, and it's funny because as the rest of the games went on on Saturday and Sunday. This game was almost taking kind of like a backseat, you know, to some of the amazing finishes that we had, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But the next game that happened on Saturday, which was, let's just face facts, it was kind of a snooze fest between these two teams. Ravens at the Browns. Ravens, again, once without Lamar Jackson, having to try to, you know, keep their lead in the AFC North. But the Browns defense, they did a great job all around. Tyler Hundley could not do much in this game. He had a bad uh, red zone interception. The Browns I thought he had... was good. Yeah, you only by one person and one person only. Okay. Um, and listen, they they blocked Justin Tuck, uh, Justin Tucker field goal. Tucker also missed a field goal, so a, a rare, you know, occurrence for him to miss two. Him. Yeah, very uncharacteristic for him to miss two field goals. And the Browns, they. Technically save their postseason hopes. They go to six and eight with the win. The Ravens now fall to second place in the AFC North. So now they're currently a wild card team. So realistically for Baltimore, they need Lamar Jackson back as soon as possible if they want to have a chance to win the division. I'm not really comment on this game. I'm only gonna comment on really the future of the Ravens. Uh they're gonna lose the next three games if they don't get Lamar Jackson back. They will but however, they will still be a lock for the playoffs. So that is my hot take. They could lose the next four games, but just the way they're currently set up and the rest of the uh, the division is set up around them, they can still make the playoffs. I don't think you're wrong about that because the way the AFC has been, most of these teams aren't taking advantage of the opportunities they've been given. And one of those teams is the Miami Dolphins, which we'll get into in the next game. They have a big-time showdown, or as I like to call it, snowdown, with the Buffalo Bills on Sar- on Saturday night primetime. And they had a chance to win this game. They were up eight points going, you know, late in the fourth quarter, but they could not hang on to the lead. And the Bills come out with a huge win, thirty-two to twenty-nine. Buffalo clinches a playoff spot. They'll have a chance to clinch the AFC East 
this upcoming week. But it was an absolute crazy game, to say the least. Definitely the best game, other than that epic collapse that we had on Saturday. Best, Definitely the best game we had all week, in my opinion. And it was just weird. Oh, considering... I can think of a better game. I can think of one better game. I think I know where you're going with it, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But the the way this game was, it was just weird because you had Buffalo, you know, looking really strong in the first half. At one point, the game was actually paused due to the Bills fans throwing snowballs on the field. They eventually told the fans, hey, listen, if you do that, you're going to be penalized and be ejected from the game and arrested. So it was definitely a wild sequence, to say the least, for that perspective. And then Miami started rallying off touchdowns from Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. But Buffalo in the fourth quarter, you know, found that rhythm that they had in the first half. Big touchdown for Josh Allen and Dawson Knox. He also gets a big two-point conversion from Josh Allen. Huge game for Allen as well. And Tyler Bass kicking a game-winning field goal at the horn. Buffalo wins 32-29. As I said, they are 11-3. They clinch a playoff spot and now have a chance to clinch the AFC East this upcoming week as they try to get home field throughout the playoffs. I believe the Miami Dolphins are 8-6 right now. They are 8-6. All right, this is going to sound very, very, very ballsy. All right? Okay. Who are the Dolphins playing this week? I think the Packers. The Dolphins are playing the Green Bay Packers on Christmas Day. Then they play Patriots they, and then the Jets, right? Correct. They're at New England and then the Jets to end the season at home. All right. So uh, this is going to be my prediction. I think that the Dolphins may lose out. Really? You think the Dolphins will win another game? I think they can win games, but here, here's my logic, right? Aaron Rodgers' Christmas Day game. I think Aaron Rodgers can win that, right? Is that fair? Mm, I don't know. The Packers are such a weird team right now. Honestly, oh, the Dolphins. Fighting. I know, but I feel like I trust the Dolphins a little bit more than the, the Oh, Packers. I definitely do, too. All it takes is one upset, and I think this really kind of got him rattled a little bit. Uh, I think the Dolph- Dolphins realistically finish 9-7. and seven. But I still think they may miss out on well, the playoffs. Wait, because... wait, would they finish nine and eight or ten and seven? Because remember, there's eighteen. Uh, I'm sorry, games. No, I'm sorry, nine games. and eight. I'm, so, I'm sorry, nine and eight. I don't know what I said. Nine think and eight. Of the, uh, think of the sixteen game, uh, yep. sixteen game schedule. The second. I think they finish nine and eight. I think they beat the Packers, but they lose to New England in New England because that's just usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. And I think the Jets, in classic Jets Jets fa- fashion, they get a week in the uh, win in the last week of the season. So that's gonna be one of my bold predictions. So you think the Dolphins are gonna lose at home to the Jets end of the year? Yeah, I think that's mm. I think they may miss the playoffs because of that. Wow. Bold prediction. Because the Jets that... are looking for a playoff spot too. And, and listen, you're right. The Jets are in must win mode right now. They have been struggling the last couple of games. We'll get into that a little bit. But Miami, they're in a bad spot too, because they've lost a couple of games. Obviously a really bad loss to San Francisco. They lost to the Chargers. Now they lose to Buffalo. They really cannot afford to lose on Christmas against the Packers. They lose that game. I don't think you're wrong in saying that they're going to miss the playoffs because you're starting to see the Chargers now get into that playoff position. That's a must-win game for the Dolphins. This week is must-win. I think realistically, in my opinion, if they win this game this week, I think they have a playoff spot locked up. That's just me because I think even if they were to lose the last two, which – Realistically, I don't think they do. I think they finish the season ten and seven. Um, I think if they just win this game this week against Green Bay, I'm I would I would be very surprised if they don't lock up a playoff spot. Hey, I mean, I guess we'll find out what happens. Well, I want to go into the next game. Speaking of the Jets, Detroit, one of the hottest teams in the league right now, unbelievable going over to seven and seven. I still think they're going to miss the playoffs. But it's been a hell of a ride to end the season. It's given Dan Campbell some more credibility. I'm going to make my bold prediction. They're going to make the playoffs. Okay. So what were the last couple games? So they have a favorable schedule. It's a very favorable schedule. This upcoming week, they're at Carolina. At home against Chicago. And then at Green Bay. All teams under 500. Again, I still think Aaron Rodgers will play spoiler if he does play spoiler. I think if there's any game they lose, it's the Green Bay game. Yes. but. You got to remember the team that they are behind right now, the Commanders, they've already beaten them this season. Right now, the tie is currently hurting them. If the tie never happened with the Commanders and the Giants, the Lions would be the last team into the playoffs. Think about that. And the Commanders' I mean, schedule is not easy down the stretch of the season. So that's no, why I think the Lions sneak in. No, I think this game kind of had really nothing going on, a 2017 game. Uh, 
Zach Wilson, is he back? No? No, 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 no. On the back? Okay. Zach Wilson had a really, really, really bad interception that I witnessed. I mean, he stared down the wide receiver, and the the safety immediately knew where the ball was going. They were into double coverage. It's not a good look for him. Jets couldn't run the ball either. And their defense, they give them credit. They did everything they could in this game to keep them in position to win. But there was a crucial fourth and inches play in which the Lions converted, and they got a touchdown off of it to give them the lead. And they hold on 20-17. to 17. They go to 7-7. Seven and seven. The Jets fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. And the Jets now, their playoff hopes start to dwindle with some big games coming up. Now, an inside source told me that fans were more interested in the World Cup game between Argentina and France than the actual game going on in the stadium. Can you confirm well, that this? Was, that, that was pregame. That was pregame. That wasn't during the game. Oh, okay. If I was a Jets fan, I would want to watch the World Cup besides the Jets anyway. That's besides <laughs> the point. Yeah, I mean, during the pregame, the, um, from what I heard, is that after they went into from the they went in from intermission between the second extra time going into the penalty kicks, they had the game on in the um in those big on the scoreboards they had in the stadium, and they took it off the scoreboard so that the Jets could do their you know player intros, and the fans started booing because it was a really good game between Argentina and France. Probably the best game of uh, soccer you'll, you'll ever see in your lifetime. Yeah, I mean, again, shout out to Argentina for winning an amazing game. Messi with an absolute. So he gets one. Yeah, Messi finally gets one. And Bappe, you got to give him props. He had a monster game for France. But Argentina wins that game in the end. They are now the World Cup champions. But as I said, this was, you know, it was just, it was just a funny sequence for that to happen. Considering, you know, the fans are getting ready to watch a football game. And technically, they were watching a football game, but it wasn't the type of football you were expecting. But at the end of the day, the Lions get the win. Jets now more than ever need to win this upcoming Thursday. They lose. They're essentially going to be knocked out of the playoff race. All right. I didn't want to talk about this game. I didn't think we'd have to, but Andy Reid. Full Reid has no boundary. Barely holding on versus the Texans. Chiefs need to need overtime to beat the lowly, lowly Texans led by Davis Mills. Uh, they won the AFC West for the seventh straight season now. Hard yep. to believe an incompetent man could win that many division titles, but hey, what do I know? Well, I mean, this was a game for the Chiefs in which they played really sloppy. I mean, they lost, They had three fumbles, lost two of them. Patrick Mahomes was still had a great game. I mean, 36 of 41, oh, 336 and two touchdowns. The Chiefs' defense did not really play that well in this game. Davis Mills was all right. Didn't really light the world on fire. Had a rushing touchdown and two passing touchdowns. But as you said, the Chiefs sneak out a win. They now win the AFC West. They're still battling with Buffalo to you know get that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. At the current moment, Buffalo has it due to the tiebreaker in which the Bills beat them earlier on in the season. So the Chiefs need the Bills to lose a game, and they need to you know keep their course and make sure they don't lose another game if they want to have home field. Whoever has home field between those two teams. It really could essentially decide who's going to win and make it to the Super Bowl for the AFC, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, this is going to sound really bad. But I'm going to have to cheer for the Chiefs again when they play the uh, when they play the Bills by default. That's going to be really awful. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I don't want to talk about this franchise anymore. Can we go back to uh, or go forward to the uh, the next game, which I'm sure you oh, want to talk? about. Oh, I want to get yeah. Let me get into this game, the Dallas Cowboys. Losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and listen, right now the Jaguars are playing some great football. They're so hot. it's not a, it's not a terrible loss. It's the fashion and how the Cowboys lost this game. Dallas at one point up twenty seven to ten, a seventeen point lead against Jacksonville. And usually, you know, in previous years, a seventeen point lead against Jacksonville, that's the game. There's no chance they're coming back and winning. There is something about this Jacksonville team right now. That you got to be inspired by Doug Peterson. As much as I hate to say it, he's done a great job getting this team fired up. Jacksonville gets a huge overtime comfort behind win, 40-34 to over the Dallas Cowboys. They're now one game back, Johnson, now in the AFC South. They have a logistical chance to win that division and make the postseason. And it's really doing you know, part to how good Trevor Lawrence has been this second half of the season. 
27 of 42, four touchdowns, had a really bad interception and a really bad fumble that almost cost the Jaguars this game. But at the end of the day, he has a monster game. Zay Jones has three receiving touchdowns and 109 yards receiving. ETN had 103 yards rushing. And the Jaguars forced Dak Prescott to throw a really, realistically, two really bad interceptions. And the last one being the game-winning pick six to give Jacksonville the win. Dallas goes to 10-4. and four, But thanks to a certain team winning on Sunday night, which we'll get into a little bit, Dallas still makes the postseason. They have clinched the playoff spot. So they'll be contending for another chance of maybe potentially losing to the San Francisco 49ers again. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jacksonville, as I said, one game out in the division, they've got a realistic shot of winning and making the postseason. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has played fantastic towards the, uh, the latter half of this season, down the stretch, really. He's got a chance to have like 35 touchdowns at the end of the year. And if he throws for like 35 touchdowns and like 4,000 yards, you know, 4,200 yards, that's a damn good season by any quarterback standards. Yeah, I mean, you're starting to finally see the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Because listen, he had a really bad stretch to start the season throughout the first nine weeks. No one is going to discredit that. And it was a reason why Jacksonville started the season off really slow. These last six weeks have been really good. Here's a stat for, jo- for you, Johnson. The first eight games of the year, Jacksonville was two and six. Trevor Lawrence had 62% completion percentage, 10, and, 10 to six in touchdown interception ratio, and a passer rating of 84. His last six. Four and two, a 70% completion percentage, 14 touchdowns to one interception, and a passer rating of 111. He has been nothing short of amazing these last six games. And like I said, because of him being this good, Jacksonville has a great opportunity to go from the worst team in the NFL last season to making the postseason in just a one-year turnaround. Uh, that's what I like to call heating up. I don't think he's going to continue this. I think he probably finishes somewhere. I'm going to say 30 touchdowns on the nose. I think he's at 24 right now. He had four. He had seven in his last two games. I think he's going to tone it down to, let's say, two on average for the next uh, next couple games. I think he gets to that 30 mark. I think he gets to that 95 passer rating, or, uh, passer rating mark. Nevertheless, if he keeps this pace up for the rest of next season, he could easily have a 40-touchdown season, 5,000 yards. Wouldn't even be surprised. Yeah, if you're a Jaguars fan, you've got to be happy. Future with looks how the, Yeah, the future looks very, very bright right now for this entire team. But let's get into the next game, Johnson. A game between two teams that are currently, you know, fighting for their postseason lives between the Tennessee Titans sucks. and the Chargers. Listen, the game wasn't pretty. I'll give you that. I agree with you. It was not a pretty game. Ryan Tannehill at one point did get injured. Fought his way back into the game, so you got to give him props for that. Derrick Henry, as per usual, did everything in his power to make sure that the Titans would win this game. Had 104 yards rushing. Justin Herbert did not really play the greatest of games through two interceptions. One of them was a crazy interception forced by Roger McCreary. But the Chargers get the win 17-14. to They go to 8-6 on the season. They currently hold one of the remaining wildcard spots in the AFC. Meanwhile, the Titans... Fall to seven and seven, they still lead their division. But with Jacksonville now six and eight, they only have a one game lead in the division. And remember, the Titans just lost to Jacksonville two weeks ago. So Jacksonville right now has the tiebreaker. And the funny thing is, Johnson, these two teams play each other in the final week of the regular season. So that for sure, That's right now, looks, TV. that might be the game that decides the division. But Tennessee is not playing good football right now at the worst possible time of the season. Yeah, uh, I mean, Chargers look pretty ugly out there. Uh, they finally have Keenan Allen back, and he's been a revelation, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, it's still pretty questionable. I know they only played uh, they only played the Titans, and if you can stop Derrick Henry, you can pretty much win the game. That's the formula versus the Titans, but Chargers still have an outside chance of getting 11 wins, and uh, if they get 11 wins, I think that'd be a salvage season for them. If they get, if they go 11 and six, I think that'd be what people expected of them. Yeah, I mean, you, you were expecting a lot from the team. I especially did. I thought they were going to win the division. Oh, they're going to win 12 and 13 games, but the level yeah. would be salvageable. I think uh, it's just been a season filled with injuries. Herbert hasn't looked that great, but he has still had a pretty good year. But the Chargers are starting to get 
some big time wins down the stretch of the season when they need it the most. And as long as they make the playoffs, it will keep Brandon Staley employed because if he doesn't make the playoffs, he's going to be on the hot seat for sure at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I want to go into the uh, the next game. Let's talk about Cincinnati. Let's talk about Joe Burrow. Let's talk about Jamar Chase. Cincinnati has looked red, red hot. And yeah, if you remember some early, they're playing. It doesn't matter if it, who they're beating because you only play who's in front of you. Yeah. If you remember this stat at the beginning of the year, uh, it was applied both to the Rams and the Bengals. And the Bengals that uh, teams that kind of get a slow start that they lose their first, you know, three, I think three out of four games. I think the Bengals lost their first three out of four, if I'm not mistaken, or two out of three. Um, they lost to the Steelers, from what I remember. They beat the Jets. I, they lost to the Cowboys. I think they went two and two to start the season. So I think teams that have started one and two that previously made the postseason would haven't returned since. And the Bengals, it's looking like they're pretty much a lock right now uh, to make the postseason and maybe even make another run. Everyone yeah. kind of knew that they were, they were off to a slow start. They had the talent there. And I'm happy to see the Bengals potentially get back to the playoffs. Everyone uh, loves Joe Burrow. They want to see him hook up with Jamar Chase from deep. Uh, they want to see T. Higgins run the slant. They want to see Joe Mixon run through people. And listen, I think all of America wants to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl again. If it's not your team, they want to see the Bengals in it. Yeah. I mean, listen, the Cincinnati Bengals, like I said, they're playing some great football right now. And they didn't start this game off really hot either. They were down 17 nothing at one point. Going no, into Brady, this game. Uh, Brady kind of controlled the game. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't looked that, he hasn't looked like his old self. He's still looking pretty solid this season. And it was a classic veteran game from Tom Brady, but Cincinnati got too hot, and there's nothing the defense can do about that. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. It was just one of those nights. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay, it's just a weird season. They're, they fall 6-8 and eight with the loss, and they still lead the division, which is the worst part about it. Now, they, the the funny part about it is the teams behind them are all 5-9, and nine, and they're realistically teams that on paper are really, really bad. But they can win the, They can all win the division still at this current moment. Now, Nick, I think that the AFC South and the NFC South should have one, uh, one playoff spot. They should get one stripped, and they should give it to one AFC East and NFC East team. I, I think that's think, the fairest way to do that. I don't that. think any of these teams deserve. None of these teams deserve to make the playoffs. You know that's what the what funny part is? The only team that deserves to make the playoffs at the current moment out of these two divisions is Jacksonville. It's Jacksonville. It's yeah. Jacksonville. I can't believe that's how that. that's how bad it's been. Now, for Tampa Bay, you got to think about the Look at their last three games at the Cardinals, home against the Panthers, and at the Falcons. Realistically, on paper, those should be three winnable games. The way they played this season, they probably won't be winnable because they have just played some really bad football. Now, uh, Bengals, Buccaneers, uh, NFC South, AFC South both suck. Uh so there was a football game played with, between Las Vegas and New England. We can roll over that and go into the next Giants game. No, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to get away with that too easily. Let's talk about this uh, this game for a second because we have to talk about it. You know what, fine. I can make a positive into a negative. Uh, I will admit I turned off the game when it was up 24-17, to 17, and I said, okay, the Patriots are going to win. Let me go turn on the Knicks. It's a close game. I want to see the, the red-hot New York Knicks. And I turned the game on, and I was like, what the hell is happening? Why is that a touchdown? Roger Goodell hates New England, and he hates Bob Kraft, and he hates Bill Belichick, and he owes us two wins. This was a weird game. The Raiders had a 17-3 lead going into the half. Derek Carr throws a really bad pick six that got the Patriots back within one score. Then Ramondre Stevenson had a great touchdown run late in the fourth quarter to give the Patriots that was it. their first lead. And you're, you're right. I, you would have thought, with all the momentum going to England's way, that would have been the game. But... A, as you said, a questionable touchdown call that wasn't from Derek Carr to Keelan Cole. That, that, I, I agree with you. You have to be that, absolutely blind, and I think it's a vendetta by Roger Goodell against the New England Patriots. Between over, How are you going to overturn that Patriots touchdown from a couple weeks ago against the Vikings and yeah. not overturn that? There's, there's zero consistency. He was literally yeah, out of bounds. It, it was a really, really bad call on the officials' part, but we saw a lot of bad calls this week. Honestly, so I'm not really surprised by that. But the biggest takeaway from this game was that last play. Ramondre Stevenson takes the handoff, starts running, 
flips it back to Jacoby Myers, and Myers laterals it and throws it all the way to Mac Jones, and Chandler Jones is the one that intercepts it in a, technically and runs it back for a scoop and score, I guess, for a game-winning touchdown. It, it's just a weird sequence because it's you not call it lateral a, pick six because uh, that's what it was. I guess you could call that, but it's technically a fumble on paper. The, the, it's just weird how they did it because the game was going to go to overtime. It was tied. It's not as if the Patriots were losing the game. That's why it made no sense. Then they asked Bill Belichick, why didn't they throw a Hail Mary? They said they didn't have any quarterback that had a, that could throw a Hail Mary. That doesn't look good on New England's part either. So uh, 60 yards. Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones, that's probably his max range. Either way, the pa- this is not the Patriots team you have seen in previous years. They're just making a lot of questionable decisions. Even their own broadcasters are saying this might be the dumbest team that they've ever watched. I mean, I just don't know what to say about this team anymore. Uh, I don't think I you can. Hire- I mean, listen, they, to me, they were screwed out of two wins. That's how and, I'm going to look at it. And think of it this way. Now it's bad because you're right. Even if they, let, let's say they screwed out of two wins, they would right now be nine and five and they'd be locked in, pre- pretty much locked into one of those wild card spots. Instead, right now, now they're seven and seven. They're outside of the playoffs, and they realistically they're fighting for the playoff lives throughout the next couple. The next and you know weeks. what? I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stress because they have. I think sixty three million dollars in cap this off season. They do. They have a good they're amount of have, money. They're gonna have a top ten draft pick. I'm. I'm okay. I'm gonna be just fine. You think they're gonna be in I the top ten at the end of the season? Uh, they're either gonna make the playoffs or gonna finish top ten. There's no in between. Looking at the schedule, they're playing the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. So. That yeah, is, even gonna, that is even gonna three make rough games. Yeah, they're either going to make the playoffs or finish 7-10. Or, or finish 7-10. and 10. There's no in between. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. That is fair. The, it, it's it's such a weird sequence. And I think the biggest thing, I think the Patriots fans that will love to hear this, is if, if they fire Matt Patricia in the offseason or just wait. take away his offensive play calling duties. I don't know who agreed to do that. But that, that, that from... From day one, the Patriots were not destined to do a lot of things with him being the offensive coordinator. I want to stop this, and I want to talk about the Giants uh, shellacking the Commanders once again. Uh, I wouldn't say shellacking. It was a close game. No, it's fun to make fun of Washington, though. That's Uh, true. It shouldn't have been this close to begin with. I remember watching this game. Yeah. And just kind of questioning, like, what the hell is going on? They let Washington drive down the field, and, uh, oh, man, it got pretty close towards the end there. Hey, you know what? Game ball goes to Kayvon Thibodeau. If there is someone to give the game ball to, it's him. Oh, yeah, no, he was, from him. He is probably responsible for 14 points. He gets a huge fumble force, scoop and score to get the Giants the first touchdown of the game. Saquon Barkley got a touchdown towards the end of the first half. And he also, you know, was responsible for leading the Giants down the final stre- po- you know, possession of the game in which they got a field goal to put them up eight. This is a game that Washington essentially lost. I know people are going to turn back and look about the illegal formation and the pass interference, but you got to remember, they also had some really key fumbles, and Taylor Heineke made some really questionable decision-making in this game that cost Washington the game at the end of the day. So even if you want to bring up those, you know, two instances, you got to also remember, on that, you know, questionable pass interference, Kayvon Thibodeau got poked in the eye. So yeah, there was no, a hand he, he straight up he straight hands to the face. In the eye. Yeah, there was a hand to the face. If you want to talk about the illegal formation, sure, you could bring that up. But Terry McLaurin was not technically lined up with the football on that formation. Therefore, that's why it was called an illegal formation because he was about a yard and a half behind where the ball was on the on the line of scrimmage. That's hey, why the sucks. referee threw the flag. Hey, sucks to suck. Uh, Giants get a huge win and probably, I don't say book their ticket to the postseason, but pretty much book their ticket well, to the postseason. Well, it's funny because the Giants, you wouldn't have expect going into the season, you wouldn't have expected the Giants going into this week having a playoff scenario clinching tight. I said they, I said they'd win seven or eight games, and they're at eight games right now, so I figured they at this point they would have an outside chance. I figured they would have had like six wins by now, maybe seven tops, so... I figured they would have been close to it, but not uh, not like this. 
I think realistically, all the Giants have to do is just win one more game, and I think they're in. Oh, yeah, nine wins definitely is a lock in the NFC because it's terrible. Washington right now, listen, they're they're fine to keep that last spot. Detroit is red hot. Seattle's starting to fall. And then you have teams like the Packers that are 6-8. and eight. They're just barely hanging on by a thread. So this is a great opportunity for the Giants. It looks like they're going. I'm not going to – I don't want to jinx it, but it looks like they have a really good shot of making the postseason. And listen, no matter what happens in the postseason – the fact that the Giants got here is just a miracle itself because on paper, this team is not that great. At least but I'm just happy for the ride. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of teams that are terrible, let's go into the Packers versus the Rams. Rams officially eliminated from the postseason. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, if you'd said that beginning of the year, people would have called you crazy. But here we are. And who beats them? The lowly, lowly Packers. So what could have been an excellent game this late in the season? Uh, turns out to be a whole bunch of hoopla. The Rams have definitely been one of, if not the biggest appointment. This is this, this, this year is this is the NFL. biggest disappointment this year. Is the Rams by far? I mean, to go well, listen. This is the kind of the price you pay for you know mortgaging off your future and winning yeah, the Super mean, Bowl. It happens. Listen, it, it happens. Look, listen. Toronto did it too. If the I know it's NBA, but Toronto did it. Uh, plenty of teams done it in, in other sports. As long as you could win the championship, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. But they got the title, so, hey, mission accomplished, I guess. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Rams now... The only it's not like th- they have a fan base anyway. Oh, well, yeah, you, you can go into that. But you got to think about this for the Rams. I mean, they don't have their first-round pick this season. The, the Lions, I mean, that's it's even funny for the Lions because they're in a position where they can make the playoffs, and they can still have a top-five pick in the NFL draft because of how bad the Rams have been this season. And now for the Green Bay Packers, they go to 6-8. and eight. It wasn't the greatest offensive game from them. Aaron Rodgers looked kind of sloppy in this game. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon did pretty well in the backfield. But for Green Bay, they go to 6-8. and eight. They still have an outside shot to make the postseason, but they need a lot of help if they're going to do it. They essentially have to win out to make the oh, postseason. Yeah. yeah, and being that the NFC is so terrible, they could definitely win out. However, their game this week is not going to be easy, but I could see them definitely pulling it off. Well, think of it this way. They're at Miami, home against Green uh, not Green Bay, home against Minnesota in Green Bay, and then they're home against Detroit. See, what I like about them, they could lose this game and still make the playoffs because the NFC is that bad. I, I The only problem on paper, is... They, on if, paper, of course. No, I know, but I think if they lose another game, I think they're officially done. I don't think they can lose it. I think they have to actually win out. The tie from Washington, because remember, Johnson, the tie, and they lost to Washington, too. So the Commanders would have to lose out. The Lions, essentially, would have to lose out. And the Seahawks might have to lose out, too. Green Bay needs a lot of help. They need God. And I don't think he's going to show up and help Marin Rodgers get into the playoffs again. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's been a rough year for Green Bay. But if they were somehow able to pull this off, it would be... Really good at getting for Aaron Rodgers' legacy, but like I said, that like you said, I, I should say they're gonna need God to even get that to get that happen. All right, so let's go into our favorite part of the episode, Dgens R Us. So we're gonna pick our favorite <laughs> games, and we're gonna give you the even, the uh, the over, the under, uh, plus minus, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and we'll give you our picks for this week. I did kind of mediocre last week. I mean, we all kind of did mediocre. We that was a couple weeks game ago, two. yeah. Yeah, I mean, a couple weeks ago, we all kind of did one or two games below 500. But hey, for the year, I think we're all about even. So if you can go even on your bets or even a game or two ahead for the entire year, giving out 40, 50 picks, I think that's pretty good. I think for the year, I'm, uh, I think I'm 20, I think I'm 28 and 24 for the year now. So that's decent. That's in 55% range. I think we're all around the 55% mark, which is pretty good for yeah, straight yeah, up 50, 50 bets. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, over the long run, you're gonna lose money gambling. But hey, if you gotta have fun with it, and if you can go even, hey, if you can go even over a full NFL season, just, I think that's a good season. It just brings another excitement to the game you're gonna be watching. Oh, absolutely! It's way more fun when you have money on it. So with that said, we're gonna go into our first game: Jaguars on the road, going into MetLife Stadium at the New York Jets. The lowly, lowly New York Jets spread is actually even. This is a pick'em game, and the over/under is at 38. Nick, what do you think? I got to commend these two teams because at the beginning of the season, if you had told me these two teams were playing on prime time, I would have yacked. Like, I would have thrown up at the fact that these two teams were playing on a Thursday night game. 
But these two teams are in a play, are both in a playoff position right now. Jaguars can still win the division. Still have, technically have an outside shot of making a wild card too. And the Jets, listen, they've been cold of late, but they still have a chance to make the postseason as a wild card as well. But the difference right now between these two teams is Jacksonville is red hot. The Jets are not. Jets have lost three in a row. Jacksonville has won three out of their last four. I'm going to pick Jacksonville to win this game. So you're taking them outright, I'm obviously. Gonna, I'm just going to take them outright. Yeah, yeah, the spread doesn't exist, so you have to be able to do a pick them here. I don't know about the over-under because I the number is weird because the Jets have a great defense, and the Jaguars' offense, you've seen, has gotten a lot better these last couple of weeks. But I think if I was going to take anything on that on the total, I'd probably take the under just because of how good the Jets' defense is. But their offense is just so abysmal right now. Zach Wilson has another chance to, you know, try to solidify himself. He needs to do it now more than ever because if he doesn't, the Jets are pretty much going to be out of the playoff race. I'm going to call it now. I'm going to say uh, 24-17 for the Jags, and I'm going to take the over at 38. I think Jacksonville's been red hot. I don't think the Jets are going to stop him, but the Jets can probably get a couple of cool offensive plays themselves. I think the defense will set them up in at least one or two good spots where they could store probably – probably in their own 50-yard line. Uh, so that's saying, I'm going to say, I'd give you an exact score of 24-17. If that hits, go play lottery. But I'm going to say Jacksonville over 38. Uh, I would take the money line. I would take over 38. But my official pick is just over 38. Okay. And let's get into our next game. New York Giants on the road versus Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings have been red hot this season at home. Uh, this is an afternoon game, so beware of Kirk Cousins. Uh, Vikings three and a half point favorites at home over under at 47 and a half. Nick. Oh thoughts? man. The fandom in me wants to take the Giants for this game. But the Giants have not looked that great their last five games. Credit, they got a good win this week against Washington. But other than the two Washington games, they haven't really looked that good in their last five. Minnesota, they've also looked kind of sketchy these last couple games. Uh, you know, questionable win against the Patriots. They barely hanged on against the Jets. They lose badly to the the Lions. And they have the greatest comeback probably in NFL history against the Colts, which should never happened. They're a weird 11-3 team, man. I don't know. This is such a tough game. I'm going to take Giants plus 3.5. Ooh, so you think they're going to lose, but you take the points. I like I think, that. I think they'll lose by a field goal. This just so, this game just screams to me that Dalvin Cook's going to have a big game, and you you probably see Justin Jefferson also do good. But I think the Giants will keep it close enough. But it might seem like it. Unfortunately, it might seem like a field goal loss. So I'm glad you. I'm glad this is where you're coming from because I think this is going to be a Vikings win, and the Giants only traditionally, at least this season, get a win when they let their opponents score less than twenty points. I think the Vikings are a lot to score more than 20 points. I think they are too, unfortunately. So, and if you think it's going to be a field goal game, you think they're going to score about 25, 26 points. Puts the Vikings somewhere in the 20. Yeah, I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I I just think the Vikings defense right now is very questionable. They've been really bad the last couple of weeks. So I think the Vikings get around 27. The Giants can get about 24, putting the over about 51, just slightly over. So I'm going to take the over 47 and a half. Yeah, I I could definitely see that being the final of that game. All right, let's go. The away team, Cincinnati Bengals, also red hot, going into Foxborough. Bengals favorites on the road at minus three and a half, over in that 41 and a half. Nick, I'll start us off. I'm taking Patriots money line only because I won't bet against this team ever. That is my logic. (laughs) Beware. You could have just taken the plus three and a half. No, because if I. Uh, there's a wise man out there, Ryan DePaulo, who was a great poker player who won a World Series of Poker bracelet from a Whole Foods parking lot in New Jersey. This is an absolute inspiration to degenerates everywhere. And he is a Jets fan, and he says he will never take Jets points because I want to feel good about my team winning, and I want to hit big with my team when they do win. I just want I don't want to be like, oh, well, at least they covered and get some money. No, I want to even ride or die of that team, and I respect that. So using that logic, I'm going to sabotage my own picks and take Patriots money line. I just want to point out, I did not do that for my own team, so now you're kind of making me look bad for my own fandom. Well, you're trying to be right. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, I be think the, the, But the thing is, I think the Giants could win that game. 
that's the thing. I think the Giants could beat the Vikings. It's just yeah. So you can take the points. I respect it. You know, yeah. as a gamble, I respect it. But uh, you know, I'm gonna ride money line. As it comes to this game, uh, I'm sorry, Johnson. I'm taking the Bengals minus three and a half. I am not liked what New England has done the last couple of weeks. The Bengals defense has looked a lot sharper these last couple of weeks as well, and their offense is you know firing on all cylinders. And I just don't think New England's gonna have enough to stop this high, you know octane offense in cincinnati i think it's just gonna be bengals all day uh yeah i mean i can't really fault you for that so that's why i'm just gonna gloss over this game pretend it didn't happen and go to our next game seattle on the road going into kansas city into arrowhead stadium versus the chiefs chiefs nine and a half point point favorites at home over under at 48 and a half nick start us off i'm gonna give you two picks for this game okay. i like seattle plus nine and a half and i'll take the over I like the the listen. I, Tyler Lockett going down for the Seahawks definitely does suck for this offense, but they still have playmakers like like you know DK Metcalf. Now if Kenneth Walker doesn't play, that could be a big concern for this offense. But we know the Chiefs can score. The Seahawks haven't been doing too bad at offense as well this season. I like the Seahawks to cover, and I think we can see both these offenses have a, a field day. All right, um, so. This is where I'm going to rain your parade a little bit. Mm. Uh, Geno Smith has turned into a pumpkin. His prom is over, and he's going back to the mediocrity of... Was uh, it Cinderella? Yeah, pretty much. He pretty much is Cinderella, because he was having a Cinderella story, and then the, uh, then the clock struck midnight, and then he's turned back into a pumpkin. He's no longer good. Uh, I guess shout out or not shout out West Virginia, however you feel about that. Maybe All right. Not. They don't uh, shout out. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say under 48 and a half, and this is why. I think that the Chiefs had such a bad week versus the Texans. They're going to be on point with their defense, but I think their offense is still going to be a little bit wonky. So that's why I think the Chiefs can win this game 35-7. to I don't have any faith in this uh, Seahawks offense, especially against that, uh, against that, that Niners bad, huh? team. I think it's going to be bad. I, I think it's going to be a massacre. But, hey, uh, prove me wrong so I can shit on Andy Reid next week. All right, fair enough. All right, speaking of the 49ers, Washington on the road going into San Francisco, facing the 49ers, who are seven-point favorites at home, so that spread is 49ers minus seven, over-under at 39.5. Nick, start us off. I love the under in this game. This These are two fair. really good defenses. I mean, the Niners, in my opinion, are the best defense in the NFL. You can make a case for the Jets, but I think the Niners are the best defense by far. The Washington Commanders have a pretty good defense as well. They've had some injuries this season, especially with Chase Young, and that has really hurt them in a sense for some of their pass rushing abilities. But they're still playing some great defense right now the last couple of weeks. Obviously had a t- tough loss against the Giants, but I just think at the end of the day, you're going to see both of these defenses come out and play a big game because, like I said, Washington, is, they're fighting for a playoff spot. The Niners right now essentially are fighting for the number two C in the NFC. They can't. I don't think they have a on paper, they technically have a chance to win the number one, but they'd have to win out. The Eagles will have to lose out. Niners are essentially playing for the two seed to face the lowest remaining seed in the NFC. And I think the Niners, if I had to pick, the Niners definitely win this game. But if I had to pick one play, definitely the under. All right. I respect the under because I think this game is going to be somewhere kind of like the uh, the last week's game, 21-13. And yeah. if that's the case, I think it's going to be 49ers minus seven again. I think that 49ers defense is going to run wild all over Taylor Heineke, uh, Scary Terry, Brian Rock, any back or wide receiver on uh, on Washington. So I think the under may hit, but I like Niners minus seven. Brock Purdy's been a solid quarterback, and I think the commanders are kind of crashing and burning right now. They haven't really crashed yet, but they're on their way down. So I think they're going to make a firm landing this week when the Niners route them and probably beat them somewhere in the 24 to 10 mark. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, this is going to be a, a really big game for both these teams, especially like for Washington, as we said. They're, they're battling to make the postseason. They really can't afford to be losing this many games down the stretch of the season. Their loss really would put a team like Detroit or Seattle or Green Bay, you know, keep them alive with the season, you know, winding down. So I'm going to call this next game the game that makes everything even. That, what I mean by that is it's Eagles on the road going to Jerry World against the Cowboys. Cowboys minus five favorites at home. 
that line has moved a lot because Jalen Hurts is not expected to play. So it's Cowboys minus five under uh, over under at 46. I'm going to save this the game to make everything even because early in the season, the Cowboys had to face the Eagles uh, on the road and they didn't have their starting quarterback either. So a lot of Eagles fans, if you you were chirping before and you get your ass kicked this game, you can say, oh, we didn't have Jalen Hurts. Man, they didn't have Dak Prescott. So if you were chirping earlier in this year and they get blown out, uh, I told you so. So, Nick, start us off. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to tell you something, honestly. Yeah, I think even if Jalen Hurts was playing, I'd still, as much as I hate to say this, I still think Dallas wins this game. So, you think, think Cow- Cowboys money line or minus five? The minus five is concerning because I think the Eagles are still going to keep this game close. So, I would take Eagles plus five then if I was you. Problem is, do I trust Gardner Minshew that much? He's a good quarterback. I think he's he probably one of the higher-end backups gonna, in the league. And listen, with the unfortunate passing of Mike Leach, I think he's going to be more motivated than ever to make sure that he has a great game this week to honor his former head coach. Yeah, this, could, this could be the Mike Leach game. Um, You know what? Screw it. Give me Eagles plus five. I think the Cowboys win this game, but I think the Eagles will keep it close. They have a really good defense. Obviously, they've been, you know... They've had their inconsistencies on offense the last couple weeks, except for the Giants game. And I mean, we we know for a fact that Giants game, the Giants played terrible. But they really did not play that well against the Chicago Bears last week. And the Cowboys, the last two weeks have been really bad for them. Almost lost to the Texans, and then they lose a really bad one to Jacksonville. They're going to come out swinging, and they need to win this game in order to stay alive in the NFC East race. I think they get the job done, but I think the Eagles, at the end of the day, will cover. All right, okay. I'm going to take Cowboys minus five because this is a revenge game. I don't care about Mike Leach. Uh, I don't care about That's the... Uh, nice. the man just, man just passed I away. know. You know what I mean, though. Like, playing for Mike Leach. I know Gardner's going to play his heart out. It's going to be a nice it, game. It's going to be sentimental. It's, yeah, it was just worded wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't care about... Like, you could have... He could have. I don't think he could have got himself on his side. I don't, I don't think the Cowboys are. Uh, I don't think they're beating never, the Cowboys. Like like everyone says, division games are always played very closely. Yeah, they are. That they are, and I think the Cowboys will get extra motivated now because, like I said earlier, they had to play without Dak, and now Dak wants to show off for the world. So this is gonna be the game where he could do it. So I'm taking Cowboys minus five. Okay. Okay. Uh, the most boring game of the week, Raiders at Steelers. No, there's uh, there's one worse than this. There's one worse. Uh, I know there's one worse than this, but I'm going to call it the worst one so far. It's okay. Raiders at Steelers going into Pittsburgh, Heinz Field, with the Yinzers, with the Yellow Towels. Uh, minus three, Steelers favorites at home, over under 39 and a half. Nick, start us off. It's going to be a cold one, Johnson. 18 degrees is the forecast for this game. So you might you're gonna see a lot of interesting football. I think I'm gonna, see, I'm gonna see a lot of uh, a lot of rushing, not a lot of passing. I was gonna say a lot of rushing in this game. Now for the Steelers, it looks like Kenny Pickett might be coming back from his concussion, so that's a good sign for them. And it's weird because technically these two teams are still alive in the playoff race. Obviously, whoever loses this game is going to be eliminated at the end of the day. I I have been so hurt by Vegas all season. Do I trust them to win on the road in Pittsburgh? I think it's a Steelers team that is trying to keep the Mike Tomlin tradition going where they don't have a losing season. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers money line. Okay, Steelers money the, line. The Steelers are going to find a way to make sure that Mike Tomlin doesn't go doesn't go under 500 once again somehow. I, I agree with you. I'm going to take Steelers minus three, so I'm going to have a little bit more faith, only because Las Vegas had their Super Bowl last week, so they're done for the season. That was, that that is a that is a big high after, after the way, the way that game ended. So that, that's, yeah, they are that's not bad as their bad as literally the peak of their season. It's nowhere but down from here. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Packers at Dolphins. Okay, on Christmas Day, so we have a Christmas Day NFL special. I believe this game's at 8 p.m. Correct me if I'm wrong about that, Nick. This game is no. This is the one o'clock game. This is the, the one o'clock game, game. This is the one o'clock game. So it's starting off your NFL. Uh, so, you, so the next game will be at halftime. So it's start so off the next game for a little bit. I didn't even interrupt, but it's so funny because this is the best game of the day. It's comparing what the next two games are going to be. 
So yeah, this is the NFL game to watch today. So watch yeah. the NBA the rest of the day. But you can watch the next yeah. game. Uh, turn it off at halftime. Watch this game for 15 minutes. Realize what the hell am I watching? Go back to watching the Knicks Sixers. That'll be a good game. Uh, Packers in Miami. It's gonna be a cold one, Miami in the 50s. That's cold for Miami. Miami's getting a cold front this uh this weekend, and it's gonna affect their play. Can two throw in the, the cold? 60s, cold? Of course it can. I, I saw high 50s. You can't trust us with with. Me be a meteorologist anyway. You can, bar- you can barely trust me taking your betting picks anyway. Dolphins <laughs> uh, minus four over under 49 and a half. Uh, can two throw in the cold? Nick, your thoughts? Um, oof. well, I mean, he pro- I think he proved he could throw in the cold with the, the Bills game the, this past week. He had a pretty good game. I mean, listen, you could make you could say that you know he had some bad throws, but he's he he kept the the Dolphins in that game against Buffalo and eventually got them in the lead. I it's just so tough right now to trust the Green Bay Packers. They're just such an inconsistent team. I think Miami. Listen, they've lost three in a row. They cannot afford to lose a fourth in a row, or else I think they're going to miss the playoffs. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins now. The question is, do I trust the minus four? I'm willing to do alternate and just say minus three. I think minus four is too much. Okay, so I know it's you not have much no of a difference. Dolphins, okay, it's not much of a difference. I understand that, but when the Dolphins win, it is. when the Dolphins win this game by a field goal, then you'll understand why I took that. Then it'll be a push if they win it by a field goal instead of but a loss. Which instead of a loss, exactly. Uh, I'm gonna take Packers plus four here for the what I've said before. If this game is in the high fifties, that is. Peak summertime for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that'll be a walk in the park for him, and uh, I think we'll keep it close because the Packers still have technically have something to play for. Could really still make the playoffs in the NFC. How terrible it is! I don't think they'll win outright or win at all, but I think they will cover and keep it close. So I'm gonna take Packers plus four. And hey, if you hit that field goal, that's a push for you and a win for me. Yeah, I like I said, this is probably the best game of the day because we're going to preview these next two ones and they they ain't pretty, unfortunately. Really, all these next games are trash. And this is kind of, with... It's kind of the um the coal you would see in your stocking from Santa if you were uh, naughty. I think coal would be a lot better than this stuff. Uh, Broncos <laughs> on the road going to Los Angeles. A battle of what the hell am I watching? Uh, Broncos are favored on the road because, you know, the Rams really don't have a home crowd advantage anyway. It's Broncos minus Zero. two and a half, and the over under is at thirty six and a half. Uh, if this if this under <laughs> oh, actually whoa. hits, if this under actually hits, these both these teams should have to retire at halftime. They should be relegated to the CFL. Uh, they should be relegated to begin with. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'll take the Broncos money line. I don't. I don't know. I guess. Um, I don't know much what else I could say about this game. These are two really bad teams. The Broncos, I guess, will have Russell Wilson back. I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, he has more toilets in the house than touchdowns this season. So. Um, I guess give me Denver. I you gotta remember this game going into the season was on paper supposed to be decent because the Broncos were supposed to be a better team than this, and the the Rams were the defending champions. Obviously, it hasn't been that way. So, give me Denver, I guess. To say the least. Uh, I'm going to say Rams plus two and a half because Baker ha- is playing for a contract next year. He has something to prove. So, the Broncos may win, but Baker's sure going to try to show off. Yeah, like I said, it's not a game that you're going to want to watch. You're going to probably want to watch NBA. Nope, NBA, NBA. You can watch many good teams on in the NBA on Christmas Day. The NFL is trying to lure you in with football. Save that for Thanksgiving. The M- Christmas Day is the NBA's day, and this is why, because all these games are trash. Including this last one, the Sunday night game, Johnson. Tampa Bay going on the road to face the Arizona Cardinals. Tampa Bay, six and a half favorite. Over under is 41 points. What do you got? I'm going to say Cardinals plus six and a half because I like chaos. Really? I'm going to say Cardinals plus six now, and a half because I'm a fan of chaos. I now, think the Patriots, is that with Colt McCoy? I think, oh, yeah. I'm going to take with, with Giants legend Colt McCoy. Uh, 
don't really care. Tom Brady, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to bet against them because I still think the Buccaneers will win, but I'm a fan of chaos. I think this game will go down to the wire. It's a Cardinals plus six and a half. Oh, man. I, I can't blame you because the, the, the Tampa Bay is just so bad. I don't want to take the play. I, I just don't know because I think if Cole McCoy, I hate that I'm bringing, making this an argument. I think if Cole McCoy played, I think this would be close. But. Screw it. Give me Cardinals plus six and a half. All right. We're riding together. I, I think that's the I, first time we're actually agreeing I, today. I, I don't like the pick. Hey, I love the pick. Um, Cardinals plus six and a half. Let chaos happen. I want to see a four-week tie going into week uh, week 18. Of course you do. Why not? All right. And the final game of our slate. What ends this miserable slate of games? Uh, Chargers at the Colts. Snooze fest. Unless Justin Herbert picks it up. Chargers on the road, minus four favorites in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Over under is at 46 and a half points. Give me a pick. Oh, man. The Chargers, they should win this game easily because the Colts suck. And after what they just made everyone witness this past week, they don't deserve to be an NFL team. And Jeff Saturday should not be. <laughs> coach at wow. any, any league. No, 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 no. I'm not even talking about like NFL or college. I'm talking about even high school. <laughs> Maybe Pee Wee. I, I, I think he'd be a good Pee Wee football coach. He really gets motivated. I don't know about that. That's, because listen, they're not going to memorize plays. They're just going to, hey, that guy talked to us really cool. Let's go win a game for him. Okay, sure. What? Yeah, whatever. Um, At the end of the day, I'll take the Chargers minus four. I don't see the Colts winning this game or even covering. No Jonathan Taylor, which means they have a big gap now of running back. Looks like Zach Moss is going to be their starter. Chargers should win this game. If they somehow lose to the Colts, Brandon Saylor should be fired on the spot. Don't even give him another opportunity. Well, you can't fire him on the spot. but if No, uh, fire you- him on the spot. Make Just make it happen. All right. That's some hostility. I'm also going to take Chargers minus four because... God help me, Chargers. It can't get worse than this, right? If you win this, you're pretty much in the playoffs. You can just break that curse right now. Uh, but knowing that that we both picked them, Chargers are probably going to charge. So please bet responsibly because I do not feel good about Chargers minus four. I'm going to love you, Johnson, all these Christmas games. Uh, I don't I don't feel confident about any of them. <laughs> no, I can't say I blame you. It's going uh, to be a rough week. The Christmas Eve games, I feel a little bit confident about those. These games are Christmas and the day after Christmas? Nope. <laughs> so please, please be responsible. That's all we get asked for. But, like I said, at the beginning of this show, absolutely bananas week in the NFL. I don't know how it gets topped. Only time will tell, as we have three weeks left in the National Football League season. Who will clinch their playoff spots? Who will get to the postseason? And what wild stuff will we have this upcoming week on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Day, and the day after Christmas? We'll have to wait and find out. Once again, this is Nicholas Bavono. Join alongside Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. We would like to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, and please enjoy the rest of your weekend.